So guys, welcome back to the Brains for Gains podcast. We've got another cool guest on today, uh, my man Jason Coltman, fellow Londoner, um, who also represents uh, Great Britain as a powerlifter, competitive powerlifter. And um, we're basically just going to give you guys an insight into what happens behind the scenes um, with powerlifting. So how Jason got selected, um, what sort of happens behind the scenes with all the selection, uh, the, the programming and um, everything down to like hotels and stuff like that. So I don't feel like um, powerlifting doesn't really get enough exposure and um, it'd be cool to uh, obviously give people that insight into what happens behind the scenes and when, when the cameras ain't on because obviously the cameras ain't on powerlifting a lot is growing and it has grown a lot recently but I feel like um, I'd like to just sort of devil into what happens and, and with the stuff that people don't necessarily see. So what I'll do now, I'll hand you over to Jason. He'll uh, talk a bit about himself for a little while. I'm not sure how vain you are, mate, but... Uh, You've got about you've got a couple of minutes to just, <laughs> yeah. to just waffle on. Um, but yeah, yeah, I just want to crack on, talk about sure what you're doing a with your um, minutes up. Yeah, with your performance coaching and stuff like that. And then uh, I'll fire some questions at you in a second, bro. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, I've got a background in in rugby. So I played rugby for about thirteen no. years at um, quite a high level. Yeah, cool. And then I kind of was I was at university, kind of fell out of love with with rugby there and yeah. I was obviously studying sports science um, and I got into personal training whilst I was at the uni so I started just a, a David Lloyd Leisure Club, I was there for about eight months and then once I finished that I went on to do a strength and conditioning internship and that was more kind of coaching side of it so rather than working one-on-one -on -one with clients doing kind of generic, very generic personal training kind of stuff, it was working with sports teams, um, strength and conditioning and more yeah. performance enhancement yeah that's cool um so yeah i, I really like that uh i like the personal training as well so i, I was doing a, a bit of both at, at the same time which was cool yeah um came back to london and then started as a personal trainer so i was went straight self-employed when i got back to london picking up kind of my own clients um, on the gym floor mm -hmm. and i kind of had a, a range of clients so people that just wanted to build muscle and get fit yeah, uh, sort of general population of, stuff. Yeah, 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 general population. So just yeah, wanted cool. to get into a bit of shape, build their fitness. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that, that was that was cool. And then I also had a few clients that did kind of recreational sport. So that obviously involved a little bit of performance enhancement. So it was yeah. training with a goal of improving their performance in rugby or football as opposed to just kind of the aesthetic side of it. Yeah. And I, I suppose I, I, liked, I liked both. And then I ended up getting into strongman. So my powerlifting coach at the minute, um, Lawrence Farncombe, I, I started doing powerlifting. I did three competitions and, and won those. And then by the end of, I think it was the end of December in uh, 2014, there was no other strongman competitions. So Lawrence said to me, why don't you get powerlifting to go? Yeah. And that's kind of how I and got into, was born. <laughs> into powerlifting. I had a, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I hadn't really ever heard anything about uh, powerlifting or didn't really know too much about it yeah. um, I just knew that guys were lifting like massive weights and yeah. didn't think that I would kind of be anywhere near that <laughs> yeah. but then yeah so I entered into my first competition I think it was uh, a little bit probably around, around August time 2015 mm -hmm. yeah. um, so I got into powerlifting that way and that kind of changed me kind of as an athlete but also as a coach and a trainer as well yeah that's cool so yeah, did that did that first competition. Yeah, I did pretty well, and I kind of fell in love with it from yeah. then. 
Um, so from there, it was just powerlifting training, getting my just technique down. Yeah. A lot different to the kind of stuff that I'd done before in, mm-hmm. in rugby and strength and conditioning, different techniques. But it was it was something new, it was a new challenge, and I kind of found that I got my I got a passion back for for competing. I always knew that I wanted to get back into something properly. Yeah, since rugby, it never really happened. Mm. So uh, powerlifting was kind of really fresh for me. Yeah, cool. Um, and then based on based from that, so up and leading right up to, to kind of now, after doing four years of personal training, one-on-one kind of private clients and mainly general population, mm-hmm. I've decided to kind of specialise more in strength training and powerlifting. Cool. So since then, I'm now a powerlifting coach. Um, okay. I've got a, a coaching certification. Um, I've been to a lot of meets, I've handled... Um, quite a few lifters yeah. coached at World Championships in, in Belarus this year as well, yeah, which is great experience. Yeah, definitely. And I'm just looking to go more into, as, as well as doing a little bit of personal training, but going more down the performance route yeah, to work 100%. with a lot of powerlifters. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Cool. So, um, did you find that, obviously coming off the back of rugby, um, like you said, in that little break where you, where you wasn't playing and you was looking for something to um, obviously enhance that competitive nature did yeah. you find that that segued into powerlifting quite easily or was it quite a slow start or as soon as you sort of started ripping big weights off the floor it was just game um, on it was it's a little, a little bit of both I think having the kind of mental attitude towards yeah. sport in general yeah. really helped so yeah. pl- playing for so long and having a competitive mentality which, which I've always been really helps because I mean, powerlifting is, is massively mental as well. So yeah, if you don't have the right attitude and you haven't got yeah. the mental toughness, then you're, not, you're never going to do you, great. Same with so bodybuilding. Sorry, say that again? It's pretty much all on yourself. Like with rugby and stuff, you've got a whole team to sort of kick you up the arse when, when things get tough. But, you know, as an um, individual yeah. athlete, whether it's powerlifting or like sort of um, bodybuilding, you know, it's, it's very self-focused. And obviously you've got people that can drive you and stuff around you. But if you haven't got that sort of internal motivation, then it's, it's going to be very tough to succeed. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, even even with rugby, it's a team sport. But mm. I mean, there's there's kind of there's no shrinking violets, and and you still get found out if if you're not putting the work in, or you're not putting the effort in, or you're shying away from from tackles or confrontation yeah. and stuff like that. So, so I think rugby, rugby <laughs> in particular, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the rugby in particular really, really sets you up, even for the individual sport, because it's you go in with the same attitude and the yeah. same mentality. But in terms of the the kind of physiological side of it as well, I think just being exposed to the weight room helped, but mm. it's also a kind of a hindrance because the techniques that you use are very different. And I mean, when you're 16 and 17, all you're worrying about is trying to lift as heavy as you can, and it's, yeah. it's kind of a lot of ego. Um, and obviously the techniques you're not focusing on lifting the heaviest weight that you can you're just focusing on developing muscle and developing strength and power so that you can go and try to throw it onto the rugby pitch yeah. so it is a little bit different and I found that when I started I, I took it took me literally probably the best part of a year to nail down even half decent technique to mm. start powerlifting yeah. and I look back at videos of my first competitions there's mistakes big mistakes that I was making and I could get away with it then because I was quite strong so, like, for example, doing a 240-kilo squat, my knees were shifting forward and um, the bar was in the wrong position. And I, just little little things like that that make quite a big difference when you're trying to lift maximal weights. Yeah. So it took quite a long, quite a while, i say probably the best part of the year to transition into a good technique for powerlifting compared to just a, a kind of everyday strength and conditioning uh, back squat technique. Yeah. And 
kind of as it goes for, for deadlift, I didn't really deadlift at all before I started powerlifting. Mm-hmm. Probably the heaviest I'd been was about 160 kilos. Um, Fair enough. But then my first competition, I deadlifted 260, and that was yeah. after probably two months of training. Yeah, quick so, kilo PR. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, the gains that you get when you start a new sport, I was. At, yeah. In terms of fighter versus powerlifting, I was a beginner, so my, my gains were pretty big pretty quickly. In, yeah. in the space of a year, I think I put 60, 60 to 70 kilos on my total. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, de- definitely playing playing sport, playing rugby helped. Yeah. Um, you're I quite, think, a, you're quite, quite a big guy, too, as well. I've seen you in person, and you're quite built as well. So I assume that obviously going straight into powerlifting, you had like that mass there where it was just sort of about ingraining them that sort of um, neurological side of things, getting your movement pattern. Yeah, that's, that, that's, a, can just that's another thing as well. Something out. that, yeah, something that I still don't think I've, I've really caught up on because I've always, as you say, I've always been quite a big guy and I've always built quite a lot of muscle. Mm. But kind of 10 years of hypertrophy training and never going really any heavier than probably five repetitions that still yeah. probably wasn't my maximum. Mm-hmm. Um, it obviously gives you a good foundation, but yeah, as you say, you don't get the neuromuscular effects of lifting for heavy singles and heavy doubles and heavy triples. So yeah. I still think that my muscle mass um, isn't primed as much kind of for powerlifting as, as it could be. Yeah. So that, that yeah. maybe shows that I've got a bit more potential to come because yeah, definitely. With, the, with the muscle mass, you've got the potential to be strong, but just because you're big doesn't mean that you are going to be strong. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So um, what I wanted to sort of get into first is what you're up to at the minute. Because obviously I follow you on Instagram and I've seen that um, you're doing quite a lot of technique stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I assume that it's um, quite some maximal uh, loading from what I've seen. So is that sort of to yeah. set you up for, like you just said, obviously, to, to sort of adapt that um, neurological um, stimulus? So you're talking about my training myself? Yeah. So at, at this current moment in time, are you sort of just... Okay. Just working on technique um, now, or are you smashing big yeah, weights? Yeah, no, so or? I've always, always been working on technique. I mean, my coach has drilled into me that technique is key. Yeah, cool. And, I mean, I, I kind of, I massively believe in that as well. I mean, short-term, bad technique is is okay. You're not yeah. going to get injured. But if you train in a biomechanically inefficient or disadvantageous position or with those kind of motor patterns long-term, then you're going to stress the joints. You're going to be working in, in patterns that, like I say, aren't, the most biomechanically efficient so yeah. long term you are going to end up picking up injuries so it makes sense to um, train in really good technique right from the start so you never come across any of those problems yeah. and also training with a bad technique you might get a guy that's really really strong and you can train with a bad technique and lift heavy weights but if you put two of the same people together that have exactly the same potential the one with the better technique is, is going to lift more and it's going to go further yeah. so Definitely. it's about longevity as well but yeah in terms of my own training, the only reason I've been lifting so light at, at the minute is because I got injured it back in February. So, oh, cool. start of the year, I was about to do, I was going to do a British equipped, but I was going to do it unequipped. And that was just going to be a preparation for me to compete at the All England competition. Yeah. But um, it's, I think, a, a bit unfortunate. And I think there was possibly kind of an overuse injury there. There was something quite not right technically, mm-hmm. but also. I was basically doing a lot of things outside of training, external stresses that yeah. were affecting my training as well. So things like I went skiing um, yeah, for, um, the week very before high injury risk. To, to do a max session. Yeah, yeah, and little things like that. But I mean, it's, it's made me a lot more wiser in terms of training and coaching. But yeah. 
quite a long story short, I, I got injured the week before I was about to compete. Um, mm -hmm. Mild herniation um, in two of my discs in my lower back. And that's kind of put me out up until up until now, basically. Yeah. So I haven't been able to do any kind of heavy lifting since the end of February up until now. So the best part of six, six months, really. Yeah. Uh, I've just started back on my coach this week, actually. And it's basically the, what the goal is now is for me getting back those movement patterns and working those movement patterns regularly so that my yeah, body can kind of adapt and get used to it. Get that frequency or, back in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did... Probably about four weeks ago, I did some squat, bench, and deadlift um, competition style. It was okay, and then I got a bit of vacant afterwards. Mm -hmm. Four weeks before that, I tried the same thing, and I was kind of under the impression that, okay, right, I've, I've done squat, bench, and deadlift, and it's niggling my back, so I'm going to stop. Yeah. But after seeing the uh, physio and the chiropractor, mm -hmm. what feedback was is basically that my movement is really good, my range is good, I'm ready to start lifting again. It was mm -hmm. just kind of you know a confidence thing when you get like a first serious injury yeah, also I'm I've done anything to my back yeah. and I'm, I need to lay off it until I'm totally pain free mm -hmm. but I'm not going to be totally pain free unless I work kind of consistently yeah. so she wants me doing those movements two to three times a, a yeah. week it's going to be really low weight mm -hmm. and I'm just slowly building up so yeah. at the minute that's why I'm focusing on lightweight and tending because oh. I, I literally can't go too heavy yeah you can't but yeah, I feel like, I feel really good. I've had a big session today, actually. Mm -hmm. um, quite a lot of volume on squat bench and deadlift, and it, it felt really good. So I feel like I'm ready to go heavy. Yeah. It's just kind of not trying to run before I can walk. Yeah, so definitely. That time. Yeah. And it's going to take a bit of time for me to dial in on that perfect technique mm -hmm. anyway. So in the long run, and obviously, as I say, powerlifting is all about longevity. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I think it's probably going to benefit me. Yeah, you got to use, you got to use your head like that, man. I feel like a lot of guys, especially younger guys as well, um, you know, I, I see them in the gym all the time, and they, they they'll wrap their knees up super tight on on leg presses and, and go heavy, 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 and yeah, you know, obviously with with absolutely poor technique, and it's like yeah, literally they're only doing it to stunt on Instagram like, for likes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think I think social media has been yeah, it's, it's crazy, it, it, man. It's good and bad. There's there's good and evil, mm. and I mean I, I've seen I've seen so many young lifters now and some of it's quite like like scary it's really really impressive some of what the young guys are lifting but you also see a lot of young guys hammering hammering the volume hammering yeah. heavy heavy weights and yes it, it, it's good to be to be lifting heavy but yeah. i think they also need to think more long term I mean, these, these guys are only like 20 21 22 yeah, years yeah, of age yeah. so they need someone to, to show them the perfect technique and, mm. and to let, let them realize that going kind of to failure or with only one one rep in reserve every single session isn't necessary to no. get stronger. Yeah. But you're only going to get stronger and bigger when you're recovering. You're not going to get stronger while you're under the bar. 100%. So I think it, yeah, it's, it, there's some good and bad. But I think for me, it's it's really taught me taught me a big lesson and it's made me so much wiser in the way that I'm training and the way that I'm coaching as well. Yeah, so sure. yeah. every cloud has, has got... Silver lining, as they say. Yeah, man. And uh, I remember we was at a, a conference, um, the Shredded by Science conference, and that's something um, I think Eric was talking about was um, people trying to hammer weights too too early and um, for powerlifting, where they're not necessarily thinking let's try and accumulate volume over several years and peak when we're 28 and maybe go and win a world title. Um, 
Yeah. Let's just try and, you know, rep out two twenty for six reps now when I'm nineteen or when I'm twenty. And yeah. get get hundred likes on Instagram. And that's how I Definitely. feel. I've I've seen a lot of guys, you know, get injured and, and young guys who obviously it's good to have that and that ambition, that sort of inner ambition to to want to succeed. Of course everyone needs that. But I yeah. also think um it's 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 more impressive for me anyway, to see someone training smart to then obviously get better results four or five years later rather than just that sort of, you know, one-way quick ticket, what everyone wants to um, results now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's that thing you say of training training smarter rather than harder. There, there's yeah. going to be a time to really push it and go hard. I mean, at times you have to. You have to yeah, do those probably, heavy yeah. singles and heavy doubles, mm. especially leading up to competition. But if the, te- if the focus is a little bit more on the technique and if you sacrifice, I don't know, five or ten kilos on the bar for to maintain a good technique throughout every rep of every set, then that's probably going to, well, that's definitely going to benefit you more long term than it is trying to sure, smash sure. those weights out, yeah. get those Instagram likes and yeah. win a regional competition, yeah. you know, because I mean, well, there's, no, there's not much point in, in doing such heavyweights, trying to win regional competitions or cut weight to win a regional competition when if you look kind of longer term, yeah. you might come second or third, Exactly. you might not be as fatigued and you might be able to peak better for another competition, for yeah. example. Um, 100%, man. It's something that, that I looked at as well, because obviously being a 93 around so many other really good 93 lifters. I mean, in the British last year, um, there was five of us. I got 700. The winning total was 715. Yeah. I think the 15 kilo separated five guys and it was really, yeah. really close at the top. Yeah, exactly. That's what and like. the one thing that I kind, of, I kind of looked at since I've got injured is the top guys that are around and that have been around they've all been around for a long time yeah. and they've all been competing yeah. for about five or six years and they yeah they didn't start winning everything they started kind of yeah okay cool so awesome. good to carry on yeah mate, yeah 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 um so yeah so i was just saying uh since since the injury i've uh kind of looked around me and and had a look at the top, the top guys at, at Great Britain and even some of the top guys in, in the US and top guys in IPA powerlifting altogether. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of common traits in that the guys that are doing well, that are competing internationally year in, year out, um, that are winning or placing the British Championships, those guys have been around for a long time mm-hmm. um, and they've been very consistent over the course of anywhere between, I don't know, four to six years. Yeah. So it's, it's not going to come overnight and you're, you're not going to be a consistent champion within a year, which is what I think a lot of the young guys and even a lot of the good powerlifters need to kind of realise and come to terms with in the fact that it's, you don't just become a champion by being strong. You have to be consistent. You have to work yeah. for it. And it also takes... Um, smart training to get their result because if they hammering weights out it's not it's not long term you have to know kind of what competitions to go for when to really go for it when to back off so that's going to be kind of my strategy from from now i mean i'm, I'm hungry to get back on the platform yeah, of course. right away definitely that's after injury not the right thing yeah just because you can you can lift something doesn't mean that you should and i know that my body even though my head is telling me right i'm i'm really focused i'm on it I'm probably not ready to lift heavy this year, yeah. um, and obviously that's that's a tough cookie to swallow. But what what would I what would I rather struggle to to hit a 700 total this year and possibly risk injury, 
start, I don't know, halfway through next year, yeah. have a competition then, have a competition at the end of the year, and, and then 2019, come yeah. back much stronger exactly. and much better. So it's, it's, a, it, it's about playing the long game. And if, yeah. if you want to get to the top, then you've got to have the patience and you've got to work for it and earn it. Yeah, for sure, man. Especially when you're looking at you know, that elite level where you're competing in the IPF where you're um, going against not just guys from like your local area, but you're going against top athletes who have been conditioned, like you said, for years. And, you know, at, at the top, like you said, there's only like 20 kilos difference. And, you know, 20 kilos in one season on your total might be a lot, but, you know, over, over two yeah. or three seasons for, for you training safely, efficiently and being able to smash, you know, good sessions regularly, you're going to have a lot more um, potential to go and maybe even win the Worlds, which will be incredible. Yeah, I mean, yourself, sometimes man. it's not even it's not even twenty kilos. Sometimes yeah. it could be two and a half kilos, exactly. and exactly. that two and a half kilos could be the difference between um, a really good peak or a poor peak. It could Definitely. be the difference between you picking up a, a chest niggle or injury, and I mean exactly. niggles and injuries are part and parcel of powerlifting, yeah. but if they can be minimised if you're a little bit more sensible about your training. So yeah. you pick up a a chest strain, for example, and you drop five kilos in your bench press, that could lead to possibly the world title. Yeah. So. Potentially it also depends on your last, even. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And last thing I was going to say, it also depends on what your actual goals are. So, not, I mean, there's a lot of people in powerlifting. Not everybody is aspiring to be world champion or to get to a world championship yeah, or course, even course. a national championship. Some people just do it because they literally love lifting. I, mean, I love lifting, yeah. but I just happen to want to do really well as well. Yeah, definitely. So, it kind of it kind of depends. If if you know that, I think there are certain sacrifices that. You, you have to make, um, it doesn't mean you can't enjoy yourself and you can't go out and have fun, but because you're lifting maximally, there's very fine lines between getting that lift and missing it. Yeah. So external stresses also play a big part, like, like I said before. So sure. if if you like doing loads of other activities and other sports, or if you live a very hectic lifestyle or you're out a lot on the weekends and, and stuff like that, then all of that kind of extra activity and stress will have an impact on your lifting yeah. so it depends kind of how serious you are and how far you want to take it I and mean, by all means it's fine if you want to do other things as well yeah, but just know that something has to give you can't yeah. you can't have all bars full at the same time so yeah. if, you, if you do a lot of other stuff then you're going to have to drop your training a little bit yeah there's which, a certain level of ap application i suppose yeah, you yeah. just got to and, apply yourself. And that might mean that you can't you can't get enough volume in or you can't do enough training days yeah, to sure. push up as quick as you'd like. So mm. it's you just gotta think about where you want to take it and how you want to approach it and then just apply yourself. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So what um I want to get onto next is basically what happens behind the scenes at a big powerlifting competition. Because obviously we get quite a lot of coverage when we're looking at bodybuilding. And um, you know, even Olympic weightlifting, um, especially when you know when you're when they're competing in the Olympics, there's a lot of like backstage footage and things like that. But um, mm. you know, what's it like? Um, you know, behind the platform. So when when you uh, rocked up to the hotel, what was it like? Was it all the teams around just chilling, or is it quite sort of um competitive? No one's um mingling, or like has a sort of um, um feels. What, no, I think I think there is there is quite quite a lot of of like mingling. I mean, obviously, people that go to the World Championships, a lot of people are there. Yeah. for consecutive years so you start to know people I mean even I was coaching in Belarus this year and I saw similar faces that I saw in Texas the year before when I was competing yeah. so it's, it's it's quite friendly I mean it's not like Arnold Schwarzenegger walking around in the warm-up room trying to catch people's heads and stuff like yeah. that <laughs> what I found with, with powerlifting in general is 
it's it's generally very supportive and yeah. although that's what I was everyone's to trying to compete for their own and trying to do well individually and with medals and stuff it's kind of a community when you're actually in competition you're focused you're zoned in yeah. you're focused on you and you're not going to go and obviously have chit chats with the people you're competing against but mm. outside of that uh in the hotels and walking around people are generally very friendly and they, they talk to each other you might get a couple of people that are kind of rivals but they, they, they don't kind of make it known they just keep themselves to themselves and they're going to yeah. go over and start trying to tear lumps out of each other so it's, yeah. it's generally pretty chilled in that sense yeah 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 when nice. i when i turned up to the hotel um obviously for me you've got loads of other people obviously powerlifting is self-funded so hmm. uh well i think on, on the whole it's self-funded so you, you pay for your own flights you pay for your yeah. own accommodation and stuff but there's for, for team gb anyway there's there's a head coach and there's normally a manager and mm -hmm. they kind of send they're really good at sending loads of emails out to you and, and telling you this is a competition hotel this is the venue yeah. it sends you all the information you've got to fill out various forms and stuff mm -hmm. um and there's no kind of obligation to stay in the hotel. You do get a, you have to pay a little fine if you don't stay in the hotel and you stay somewhere separately. Yeah. But you can organise that all yourself. Mm -hmm. Usually you'll find there's there's at least a couple of other other people on the plane with you on your flight out because there's obviously guys and girls competing on the same day. Yeah. Um, you get to the hotel and there's at least a few people from, from Team GB. If you're in the competition hotel, then there'll be a ton of other lifters that, that you see there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you get there and I think generally you just try and keep yourself to, to yourself before you're about to compete. Everyone's competing yeah, on different days. Yeah. So you'll see a lot of people that are really nervous, a lot of people that have done it before and they're just really chilled out. Uh, one of the big things I think is not going to the competition venue too often or too soon before you're about to compete. Yeah. It's actually just the process of watching a ton of lifting drains yeah, you mentally yeah. and, and kind of affects your performance. So. A lot of the time you find people get there maybe two or three days before they choose to compete. They'll go to the venue and watch a little bit of lifting. And then the day before, at least, they'll just chill in their room. Yeah. Um, maybe go out and get Relax. some food. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and, ju and just relax. Unless they're trying to make weight and then they do all kind of crazy stuff to make yeah. weight. <laughs> uh, flipping, wrap themselves in bin bags and stuff. I've seen some crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah, bin bags and saunas and hot mm. baths and all the rest of it. And that's yeah. just a disaster sometimes. But, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I, on the whole, you get there a little bit early, you watch a bit of lifting, then you chill out the day yeah. before. Cool. And so, then you're on the platform. Yeah. How was your like weighing process? Did you have to make weight? Was you cutting weight or was you just sort of rocking up? I had, how to, you I had to make weight. Um, mm -hmm. So for me, I cut weight quite easily. It's something that I've kind of experimented a lot and I'm, I'm going to have a different approach to it this time around when I start. Yeah, cool. But at the time, uh, last year, I did cut weight. Um, I kind of massively overestimated it. I didn't, because obviously I hadn't travelled for, for competition or anything like that, like that yeah. before. So I, w I did what I would normally do. I think I ended up weighing in about 91 kilos, so three kilos under, yeah, which was probably the lightest that I've, I've competed at. Mm. So I, I, didn't, I didn't really know how to judge how much weight I would lose on a plane because cause it was in Texas. It was, uh, I think, a nine-hour flight. Yeah. So I lost a shed load of weight on the plane and then I did water loading but also I got really really nervous a couple of days before and I was I was nervous that I wouldn't make weight and I thought right I'll come on this way what if I don't make weight I'm not flying nine hours to 
to this country yeah. from the platform yeah, and not make some weight. So I thought, you know what, if at least I'll, I'll be under. So I, I did a, a little water cut, but I think this, the process of me stressing so much about making weight and actually getting nervous about competition, yeah. um, I lost way too much more. I, yeah. I woke up on the morning and I was like, uh, yeah, I think I was just under 91 kilos. Mm. So That's crazy, man. It, yeah, yeah, it, it takes a bit of getting used to. So there are sure. uh, quite a few things that I would do differently, differently now. That was Obviously, your first competition, yeah, though, wasn't it? So not my first competition, my first yeah, international. Like, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I didn't really know what to expect. The procedures are a bit different. I mean, for me, I was competing at eight o'clock, so I had a six o'clock weigh-in. Yeah. So I had to get up, obviously, like five o'clock. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't get much sleep the night before. Yeah. Um, I was very jittery. I just wanted to get it started. Yeah, of course. Um, got there and it's very different to a kind of a, a national or, or regional competition. It's it, well, it's not that different, but it seems a lot more kind of official and a little bit more daunting the first time when you do it. So you have to do the kit check and everything like that and fill out yeah. forms. But they're, they're very, they're very, very organised. So you might go to a few competitions, um, regional or, or even national that aren't quite as organised and, and they're really on it. Everybody's in order. When you line up, you've got to make sure you know your lot number, so you've got to get there a little yeah. bit early so you can have a look. If, you, if you're not there when your lot number gets called out, and it's literally like they call you when you go in. If you're not there, the next person in, and you get pushed right down. For me, it was good because I'd, uh, I was quick to weigh in, so then I could start eating and drinking. But yeah. I was second on the lot number. I hadn't filled out my forms. I was kind of just faffing around, and then they called my name, and I was like, what the hell do I do kind of thing, and went in there, got weighed and everything. Yeah. Then you got to remember your openers, which I forgot. I just made up, and my coach had to change them again. Okay. So it was um, for me. It was Quite obviously stressful. a really good learning experience. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's just calming yourself down and um, just being organised. Yeah, but that, that was basically the process. But like I said, there's there's a lot that I that I know I did differently now, just being a more for sure, kind yeah. of mature and experienced lifter. Yeah, and um, you said a bit about there. Obviously, once um lifters weigh in people yeah. tend to have different strategies in terms of how they um sort of carb back up or how they're how they're loading um nutrients into mm-hmm. their body what sort of approach did you take was you just smashing everything in sight or was it just no 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 so or... that i think that what what you eat and what you drink will depend on how you make weight whether you have to cut whether you're fine coming yeah. into the competition um i think if you dehydrate or if you, if you do a little bit of a water cut, then obviously you have to be a little bit mindful that you don't want to just drink and eat everything in sight because you are going to get a lot of upset uh, in your stomach and this, that, and the other. So what I did, I had a, had pe- um, Pedalite, which is a kind of American version of Dyrolite. Yeah. It's electrolytes, helps to rehydrate you. So I drank about a litre of that. That's the first thing I did. So I stepped up the scale. I had that with me. I drank, I drank that. I didn't, didn't chug it. I drank it fairly quickly, but I try and get a litre of, of that in yeah. um, within the first kind of 20 minutes. Yeah, cool. Then I'll, then I'll eat something. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I normally just have like um, jam sandwiches and kind of carbon sugary stuff. Yeah. But whatever you eat, it just basically has to be something that you're used to eating. Yeah, of course. You normally eat before... Yeah. competition so you don't want to be smashing loads of things that you wouldn't normally eat. yeah just so you can predict then, what's going to happen yeah 
Same as yeah, bo- yeah, yeah. Same bodybuilding, obviously, then, with your peak week. Yeah. yeah. The basic goal is to try and get back to the weight you were before you dehydrated. So, for example, yeah. if you're going to cut two kilos of water and you're like a three kilo lifter, then you're going to be 95 kilos before you lose the water. Mm-hmm. And you you aim to weigh in just under 93. Yeah. And then if, you, if you've done it right and if you've rehydrated and eaten right, then you should be at or close to 95 kilos by the time you start lifting. Yeah, definitely. Um, I try and not be eating anything around an hour to 45 minutes before I, I'm i due to go on and just sip in from then because obviously just to you make don't sure want a belly full of, nothing, of yeah, liquid nothing. when you're yeah. at the spot. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Man. So cool. that's, that's the, basic, the basic goal. And yes. if, you can't, if you can't do that, if you can't make up that, that deficit, then you've probably cut too much. Too much, yeah. So, um, um, so yeah, that's, that's that's basically my strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, mate. Wicked. So basically, just to finish off on, what um are your plans sort of for the next year and um the next couple of years? Because obviously, like you said, you are prepping maybe for two thousand nineteen. Yeah. And um, so that's uh basically like a year and three quarters or whatever now because we're just got, um, coming to the end of this this year now. So yeah. the last sort of quarter. Um. So so what are your goals at the minute? Are you just sort of chipping away? Just you know. So at at the minute, it's it's always to get back to get back to the platform. I mean, whether whether or not I'll I'll get international at at ninety three again, I don't know. But that's obviously one hundred percent the goal. There's a lot of good lifters around. Um, The goal is just to get the biggest total that I can. I mean, I I I think I'm capable of around the seven forty to seven fifty total at ninety three. But we'll see how it goes. Mm -hmm. With me, obviously, I, I do cut naturally. I probably sit around 97 kilos. Yeah. So, for me, because I can still be pretty competitive in terms of the British rankings at, at 93 kilos, I'll, I'll continue to cut until I'm not competitive anymore. So, yeah, of course. or when I stop getting stronger. So, yeah, so yeah. if I know that I'm not going to get any stronger and it's it's putting too much stress on my body cutting, or if there's just so many lifters above me that I'm not going to get anywhere anyway, then I'll yeah. go up to the 105. Mm-hmm. And it's it's obviously the whole name of the game is trying to get as strong as you can. Yeah, that's my goal, get as strong as I can and do as well as I can in the British Championship to try and push for those international spots. Yeah. The approach I've kind of taken and just started back with my coach this week, as I said, yeah. um, it's just really slowly chipping away. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rush it. Uh, I did I think I worked up to around 170 kilo deadlift and 140 kilo. That's what my bench press is still fine, so I can I can push that a little bit more. Yeah. But it's just getting back to full fitness to the stage where I can I can lift yeah, uh, heavy with this amount of volume yeah, without definitely. getting the aching sure. or, or pain, yeah, and then is. see what happens from there. Yeah, but, like you said, you've, you've still got loads of time anyway, man. So obviously, as long as yeah. you're as long as you're doing things safely now, um, like you said, look how much sort of strength you gained last time. So I won't want you to start to get yeah, um, yeah I think like better in terms of like your um your injury with your with your spine and you can start loading uh, I'm, I'm expecting to see some fire ig uploads <laughs> yeah hopefully yeah i mean yeah. i'm 27 and i'm i've not got any plans to to stop anytime soon i'm quite of course. kind of stubborn and tenacious so i'll, yeah. I'll be carrying on and seeing where i can take it but yeah. until then I'm, I'm really enjoying coaching as well so yeah, as i said i went to belarus i'm coaching at the Western Europeans uh, as a GB coach in Luxembourg in September. Yeah, cool. Um, and I'm, I'm really enjoying the coaching side of things yeah. as well. So that's helped me even more also yeah. as, as a lifter and a coach. So. Really, isn't it? 
Sorry, say that again. It's a lot of experience. Obviously, you're not competing yeah, there, yeah, but yeah. it's I mean, still competition yeah. experience for yourself. I, I love I love the sport and being in and around competition is is just great. So I think yeah, people ask me whether I, I like coaching more than lifting. And to, to, to be honest, I'm I'm really enjoying both pretty much the same at the minute. So obviously, I'm eager to get on a platform, but I'm also really enjoying developing myself as a coach and working with loads of other lifters, helping them. So. Yeah. Doing both of that kind of hand in hand and seeing where it goes is it's a long term goal. Yeah, cool. So hopefully we'll see you um competing against Lane Norton within the next couple of years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'd be quite yeah. cool. But um yeah, so just to finish off on, uh where can the guys find you on Instagram and Facebook and all them socials? Obviously when I when I put um, the picture up I'll I'll tag you and everything anyway, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my Instagram is uh Jason Jason Courtman underscore yeah. strength coach. Um my Facebook is the same Jason Jason Courtman strength coach, mm-hmm. and my website is www.jasoncourtman.com. Yeah, cool. And obviously you're you're based at a performance ground, which is in near Leicester. Is it near Leicester Square? Yeah, performance ground, uh, Central London Holborn. So the two stations will be either Leicester Square or Holborn Station itself. Yeah, exactly. So if, obviously, if any guys listening want to pop down there or have any sort of um, coaching inquiries for powerlifting. Obviously, um, make sure you're following me on Instagram as well, where I'll I'll be tagging um Jason in the um in the promotion post anyway. So if you guys do have any inquiries, I'll just email him whatever. But yeah, so um, thanks for listening, guys, and we shall catch you in the next one. Peace. Cheers.